As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today's episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast is brought to you by the Hidden Figures podcast. My new project with my buddy Justice Marimi. We talk all about building wealth, how to steward it, and how to feel good about it. If you're into that kind of thing, head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button, leave a rating and a review, and share it with your friends. We're trying to have be a helpful resource for those that are trying to get out of that nine to five job or trying not to feel guilty about the money they're already making. So it should be interesting for you. You should learn something. Releasing episodes every week. Again, subscribe over at Apple Podcasts, the Hidden Figures Podcast. What it do, baby? It's the Preachers and Sneakers Podcast. The podcast to make you laugh and hopefully make you think. Today's episode's a fun one. I've got my buddy Marty Santiago from Social Club Misfits in the house. And he was kind enough to spend some time with me to talk all about his career getting into hip-hop and rap and producing and all that, as well as his time on tour, his time with some of the Preachers and Sneakers regulars, and even some discussions about money and how he views things and some stories about the green rooms and the travels that he's had to different churches around the country. Super insightful, super fun to get a look into a world that a lot of us never get exposure to. So I was super grateful that he would... Uh, be so open and honest with me about his experience in Christian hip-hop and all that good stuff. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Marty from Social Club Misfits. If you're one of the many listeners that are not subscribed, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Napster, whatever, and find the Preachers of Seekers podcast and jam that subscribe button. If you like the pod, leave a rating and a review and share it with your friends and or enemies. Thank you so much for doing that. I've been super grateful for the growth and feedback on this podcast. It's been super fun to make. So thank you so much for doing that. I'm sitting here with my homie Marty from Social Club, a.k.a. Marty for President, a.k.a. Martin Santiago. Thanks for coming by the Preachers and Sneakers podcast, my man. Let me tell you, first off, this studio is gorgeous. Thank you. 
<laughs> this studio, let me tell you, you got the listeners can't get this full experience. Everything here is supreme. Everything here is uh, off white. Sorry, I just exposed <laughs> the whole op, the whole warehouse operation Bro, you got going on. I was keeping that low key, like so. I've collected a few <laughs> off white and supreme pieces back in the day. We're drinking coffee out of supreme cups. Who does that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is what we do. So this, yeah, this 10 by 10 office, you know, once I liquidate it, it'll probably be pay out 200 K or so for nice. my Supreme and off-white Woo! collection. It's fine, bro. It's fine. But, uh, so I've got Marty in the pod virtually because, uh, what even matters anymore in 2020? I wish we could meet in person. I plan on meeting in person, <laughs> yeah. but I appreciate Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on here. Um, so a lot, I mean, y'all are, you and Fern are huge in the Christian hip hop space in the hip hop space. But for those 12 people that there's only three of us in that entire space. I know, I know, but know. yeah, but it's all yeah. about there's Lecrae, Andy, and I think us <laughs> yeah. and wordsplay and wordsplay <laughs> and John. Yeah. But John now is a motivational speaker. He doesn't really count. That's right. A powerful motivational speaker. Very much. So <laughs> told me to drop out of school Dude, at 18, the circle of trust, bro. I'm a member. You are? <laughs> no, I mean, if dude, I need. To, I'm not actually paying. I need to be, to be we need to be members. I, yeah, yeah, but we also we need, need to a, be members. Though. We also need to have a discount, or like an influencer discount to give him some traction. <laughs> that dude's gonna ruin lives <laughs> with some of that advice he's given. <laughs> if people are taking it seriously, uh, I he he has a book coming out. Let me tell you something. It might be the best book ever. Dude, he I'm just letting he you know. I don't, don't want to give anything. I don't want to give anything away. But he's pretty much a genius. So he's actually got a, a book book coming out. Like a real book, like an actual, like it's going to be a New York Times bestseller, I promise you. I believe it. I mean, that dude is multidimensional. I had him on. He's hilarious. His rap voice is hilarious, or not hilarious. His rap voice is awesome. Uh, it's yeah. one of my favorites across hip hop in general. Like his voice is so good to me. Yeah. His voice is like, it's almost like a jazz at 3 a.m. voice. Yes. Where it's like such a deep voice. You don't expect them to be like rapping like Christian Action Bronson, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, you've got a good rap voice too, man. Don't sell yourself short, but you know. I, you know what? I have like a list, man. It's hard. I do too. It's, it's really hard. To, but you know, I feel like, I feel like, who is it? Moses with his list. Uh-huh. You know, God picks people who have speech impediments. Right. Is what God does. That's right. You know? Yeah, that's a pretty consistent he's, theme. He, yeah, <laughs> he's really big on people. Which, if you don't have a speech, I don't think God's gonna really use you the way that you need to be used. Yeah, you heard that here first. You need a speech. Yeah, you need a. That's that's some wisdom Clip right there. That. I learned from uh, John from Words Play. <laughs> God uses people with uh, deformities. That's right. He doesn't use people who are perfect. Yes, yeah, so. that's powerful. So Marty, uh, you're one half of Social Club Mits- Misfits. Uh, yes. Tell me a little bit about how you got into the rap game. Uh, I mean, people can look it up, but would love to hear about maybe the, you know, the quick story about how you came up into rap and what it looks like for you now. Absolutely. Uh, well, number one, I want to thank you for using that JPEG of me. Yes. Cause I don't know what year that was taken. I'm pretty sure that was about seven years old. That photo. I don't look like that anymore. It wasn't intentional. I got plastic surgery. I thought it was a good picture at first. <laughs> and then I zoomed in and once you commented, I realized, all right, maybe he didn't love this picture. I was laughing because one of my favorite shows is called Eastbound and Down. Have you ever seen that with Danny McBride? Kenny Powers, isn't that? Kenny Powers, one of the best shows ever made. So he's in Mexico and he's playing baseball and he's like, he sees a picture of himself. He's like, what is that, JPEG? <laughs> he's like, what are you guys using? Get some clear photos of me. You know, they're trying to promote him. But yeah, anyway, uh, Social Club. Yeah, I'm part of a rap group. Uh, been doing it for the last like eight years. Uh, it's fun. Signed a capital CMG. Uh, with uh, heavyweights like uh, 
Who's on that label? I don't know. <laughs> Christian, insert Christian band here, Hillsong, Hillsong and NF. And there's a couple other people on there. It's cool to be a part of. Um, we were independent for a couple of years, crushing the game. Uh, but before that, I really was never, I didn't really rap. I just, I was working a corporate job at Nordstrom, mm-hmm. the department store. I was becoming like a corporate little HR person, which is crazy because I'm very hiring and firing. Uh, not, well, yeah, a lot of firing, but also like I'm always like inappropriate with the stuff I say to people. And so like I was like, I don't know how I got like, how did God give me this job? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I was working at a, I was working for like a church and working in a youth group. And when I was working, I, um, I, you know, was super involved as a Latin church. So obviously the manipulation was strong mm. there. And I was, I was working, uh, my pastor just kind of had like a meltdown and kicked me and, uh, my entire family out of the church. I like, literally was sitting in church and he was like, if you're not for me, you're against me. So these people need to leave the church. And I was a part of that list. Drama. And I was like, I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what's happening. Like I'm not the person when people like, when things are happening and there's like tension in the air, I'm always the last person who knows about it because I don't know why no one ever fills me in. So I didn't really know what was happening. So I was like, am I getting, I'm like talking back to the pastor who's everyone's in church by the way it was a full congregation and i'm like am i getting kicked out i'm like yelling this out loud i'm like am I the, not okay so i get up and i leave and i'm like i'm never going back to church and so yeah that was fun uh like the whole like you know prodigal son three years yeah. honestly i had gr- i had a great time how old were you that prodigal son. i was like 23 yeah okay so you went you went a little ham so, after yeah. that not you know Money in my pocket and uh, not going to church and anything is anything is available. I just went kind of crazy. So yep. um, luckily, I had good friends who were like, "Dude, you're so much better than this. Don't don't like ruin your purpose," you know. Um, and so I had a couple of friends of mine who just kept encouraging me to go to church. And so my former pastor, who I still love, I just I moved away. Rich Wilkerson. I was his dad, and it was actually the first person to reach out to me. And my dad, hmm. uh, when we got kicked out, like actually took us to dinner and was like, dude, I heard what happened. Did y'all know him? You know, Rich yeah, we know. Yeah, we know him. Oh, okay. Yeah. My dad is really good friends with him. And, um, he's a big deal back in like, the day. Yeah. His, his dad's, his dad has, is just great church Trinity. And you know, he, the pastor that kicked me out of church wanted to be one of those TBN pastors. Yeah. So really connected, you know, like in that whole world. And so when my, it kind of was like, everyone knew what happened. It's small church. It wasn't, it's a couple hundred people, like 300, you know, people, but it was an up and coming church for this to happen. He, he reached out and was like, let me take you to dinner and kind of just was like, dude, my son's starting a youth group uh, or young adults. You should be a part of it. And I was like, it was called rendezvous. It was like when they first started. Yep. And I was like, all right, let me see what happens. And when I went to that church, one of the first times, it might've been the second time I really went by myself. I was sitting, which anybody who's like left the church and has come back knows that Going to church is a very, if you're not a part of it and understand it, it's really stressful. Yeah. Like going to church, you don't know what's happening. You don't know where to sit. There's a lot of norms lot of that you're not used to. Like a lot of things that we all take for granted when we go to church. Like, why are you handing me a bulletin? Why are we uh-huh. standing up yeah. now? What, what, like, what's this? Or what, like, or like the idea of like people holding signs when you walk in. <laughs> I'm like, this is like stressing me out. Is this bro. a cult? Like, I'm like. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we're so happy to see you. I'm like, you don't know me. Uh Anyway, so I was like stressed out walking in. And uh, but 
I remember Rich, I didn't really know him at the time, but he gave me a book. I He was like, who wants to win this book? And I was like, I just rose my hand. He's like, hey, here you go. And I met him. I just didn't know him well. Yeah. You know, like my dad knows his dad well. And at the time, I didn't know him. And he hands me a book. And the book was um, the Misfit book by Chris Durso. And so um, that kind of was the first time I felt like I really experienced God in a pure way because that book just transformed my life. Mm. Um, the book by Christopher was called Misfits. And so I read the book and I just kept going to Vu and I, it was just like kind of like in me, it was like something that like left a mark. And so started going back to church little by little. And so, um, from there, uh, I had, we, we had a bunch of buddies who had like a radio station and the radio station was like, it was like 88.7 and it was like Christian hip hop. And at the time it was like the biggest, it was like one of the biggest, like they were bringing everyone in in Miami, any, any concert in Miami was done through Jay blaze and uh, 88.7. It was a big station. They had a lot of money. Interesting. And so through there, I was meeting a lot of artists and um, so you were, I kind of wanted to be out? more of, yeah, I was just like there. Hmm. And so the people who like, were like encouraging me and like loving on me, were um, people who don't rap anymore, but at the time their band was called Raymond Soul. And so Raymond Soul, Amanda and Kanata and all these people, they and Juan, they were in, like eat like they would they were the first people who were like I actually saw a community with, I guess you could say like they would meet uh, me and Juan would meet every like Thursday at a at a restaurant, eat and talk about everything. And I'd be really honest. At that point I was like level 10 cynic when it came to church. Yeah, yeah. Like I was so like done with it and still kind of feel like I am done with it uh -huh. in the sense of like the politics and like church culture. I think it's all like garbage to me. I think that anything that's not Jesus and pure and uh, is just not worth my time. Yep. And so we would talk about it. And, uh, from there, he kind of was like, you know, they were like, you should make music and just have, cause I was always around. I loved it. And I, they took my opinion. And so from there I started making music. I met Fern at the radio station and uh, we were like, let's just make some music. And little by little, we just became a group and, you know, we were independent, we were making a lot of money, and we had about five or six labels reach out at the time. Uh, this is right when we dropped our first project, and, you know, Andy Minio was blowing yep. up, and Lecrae, it's like, there was like a peak moment, like 2015, 16, where like, we, you know, Anomaly came out, mm -hmm. he sold 90,000, everyone's like, what is happening? This dude's a in Christian, Christian rapper, and he's selling 90, yeah. Yeah, and you have like country artists and pop artists who are selling 40, 50, and you, you have a Christian dude with no radio selling 90,000 the first week. People were like, holy cow, like what is happening? And so uh, we had a bunch of meetings, and I felt like everything was just all of the meetings were like whatever. And so when we met with Capital, um, wait a second. We, I liked, wait a second. That's crazy. I skipped the big thing. You, yeah, so I skipped you, a lot you, of said, you said, oh, maybe I should make music. Oh, I meet Fern. We write some songs. Do y'all like do that? Gig? I didn't rap before. Do y'all like? We, how are you getting we going did. from we that? So many shows. Are you going from that to a meeting with Capital? Because that's not some indie label, bro. Yeah, it's not. They have a lot of money. So I mean, and they push a lot of great. How stuff. How many years was that between saying, "All right, let's make some music," and I've got a meeting? With like five. Okay. All right. Like five. So that wasn't. Your... I, I just had started rapping. Were you still like, Nordstrom? I just rap. Uh, no. By then we were full time. Okay. Um, I was I was full time. Nordstrom until about 2014 because I started in 2005 and I was about to hit my 10 year um, discount, which was like unlimited discount for life. And I missed it out by like six months. Dang. So 2004. Yeah, no, I, I really, I messed up there, but uh, yeah. So I started rapping like in 2012, like I wasn't, I, 
like if someone were to like listen to me, they would be like, oh, you're not like a rapper. You know, you just like put words together. And that was me. But I think that I had such compassion and I was fueled by my anger towards the church that it like made people be like, oh, like he's saying real. something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think people connected to that realness. And so uh, from there, we put out like a bunch of free projects and, SoundCloud um, and all you know, that. at the time, yeah, SoundCloud, we were going viral constantly on SoundCloud. Like our songs would just instantly do well. And so we were like, okay, this is something special. Maybe we should make this into a company. And so um, for about five years, we're putting out music, uh, you know, running like a f- company. And at that point we had sold, I mean, Marty for president, the first one had just come out. It was number one on uh, Christian billboard, like three on hip hop. It was Jeez, huge. Dude. Cause yeah, because you have a bunch of artists at the time. I remember who were releasing part of labels who weren't selling what we were. It was just a different time. Yeah. And so I think the label saw the potential. And so we, we signed a capital and um, it's funny because, you know, just now have I start? I just three years ago, I started producing music. So now I feel like a rapper. But back then, I was totally winging it for you. You feel years. like an so imposter. You, we, uh, total, bro, let me tell you something. Things would happen that would make the song so good that were so unintentional. Like, and I think that it was just more of an attitude and like a movement rather than like music. And so we've tried to just keep that attitude of, you know, we want the pureness of, of God. We want that. We don't want the, the, you know, like, you know how it is church for a lot, a lot of different churches to me are like their games and people can wiggle their way in and not really believe in God, but wiggle their way into church and just be a part of the culture because you could treat it like a cult. And so I would always see things like that. So I'd always be like frustrated. And at the time I just started going, I mean, the church I got kicked out of was the first church I've ever went to. Uh-huh. So like all I knew experience. was one thing. Yeah. yeah. And it was a terrible, it was a very toxic, terrible experience. Looking back, they dangled my, my salvation. They dangled my future, my calling over my head every time they could, you know, it was a mess. And so going, looking back, I'm always like, man, like, thank you God for teaching me this lesson. Uh, Cause they put me through Bible college and they put me through a couple things, but like they, t- it taught me like a lot of like, taught me a big lesson. And so I feel like everything I learned while going to that church set me up for now what I do. And so, yeah, we, we got signed, we signed a capital with, which not like a technical artist. We did more of like a partnership deal, which is a lot of like everyone now is doing it. Partnership deals where, before where it own, was like unheard of where you yeah, own, we own our masters. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. So we kind of, that's kind of like the quick like story of how I got here now. And so we've just been ta- doing music and cranking it out and performing. And it's just honestly like Rich and, and Chris and a lot of these pastors who are big now, they would take us on the road. So a lot of our first shows, you know, Rich was like, Hey, book social club, you know, or Chris Durso was like, these are my guys. Like they got my stamp. So there was like a certain moment where like church culture was shifting. It does every couple of years. And this shift was more of like, the rich, the Carl, like all these pastors were blowing up. And so Rich and, and uh, Chris and even Chad kind of took us uh, took us with them. Yeah. And so we just kind of got lucky. So that's like I free platforms. God. Totally. Like we would do so many Christian shows and conferences that we didn't belong. Like how do you even jump into that? And yeah. So because of that, it, he they really set our career up in the beginning. And so it was really good to see. It was really good to like, we actually were making money. We're putting music out. We're doing shows. We're having fun. 
And then we signed the capital and we were like, let's elevate the brand even more. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this journey that I've, I've wrapped up in like three minutes, but it was a very big, uh, like stressful journey that God totally gave us faith for. And so, um, yeah, now, now we're here. And I think that what separates us from a lot of people, it's like, you know, me and Fern, we both left the church for years. Mm-hmm. I left for like three years, but he left for 10 years. And so going back to church, you start, your eyes are like, you know, you don't have anything to gain. So when you see things you're like, why are they doing that? Or why is that happening? Or what, what's the deal with this? And so at that time we are questioning everything, you know, worship while we're questioning worship, we're questioning why the pastor does this or why is offering taken here and why is church not doing missions and why? So we, at that point, I feel like me and Fern had these honest questions about God. And I think that that attracted a lot of listeners. Yeah. To be like, oh, like I feel the same. Like I've been hurt by the church. I know what it feels like to have a toxic environment or have to go to therapy because of my church experience, which is crazy. But when you mix spirituality, I think with leaders who um, are just immature, you get like a very toxic situation of, you know, different things happening. And so, um, yeah, I feel like we connected with that generation of people who were like in church kind of, you know, trying to understand what's happening, but have a pure heart, but possibly got hurt and so since then you know we just connected to that 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 type of fan um and so it's been you know it's been now i think we're about to have like 10 years of making music Jeez, which is crazy. Is crazy yeah i know crazy just now do i feel like we're doing good stuff before <laughs> i was like oh yeah like we, we were making it but just now do i feel like we're trying to there's a lot that we're trying to accomplish and so it doesn't help that kanye west is is nominated for every double <laughs> Yeah, he's like, it doesn't help. I'm gonna let I mean, y'all like, finish, but I'm gonna win all it. y'all's Christian awards, bro. In one fell swoop. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like pissed. I'm, not, I'm be honest with you, I'm kind of mad about it. And this is why I'm mad because, like, you know, like a couple years ago, Snoop Dogg did the same thing, right? And I'm like, all right, how are we, how am I supposed to compete against this huge mainstream artist that has gone platinum hundreds of times? I haven't even gone platinum, I've only gone like gold twice. Like, how you, am I man. supposed to, and it's not even my song. It's not even my song. Bro. Oh, really? Like, it's, it's like NF song that I'm oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's like Andy's song that I'm on, that I'm, that I'm, you can't stop me when gold. And I was on that uh-huh. song. But like, I'm like, this guy has gotten platinum hundreds of times. How do I compete with that? And also like, he's not playing the Christian music game with the Christian press and having to deal with all these terrible questions. He's just killing the game and doing Sunday service, which I went to, which was amazing. So I'm like, how do I compete with that? I'm going to lose. Yeah, well, so. he did it the opposite way because he he benefited off all the secular stuff. He crushed it in the secular world. Yes. He's like, oh, wait, I'm Christian now. Let me just use all that notoriety and come in to the Christian hip-hop space and destroy everyone. You know, although... Smart. Yeah, I mean, it's smart. It's smart. And it's... it's uh, I wrote about this because he for the first time or the first major time, m- like mixed the two and made s- the secular world uh, grapple with the Christian space seriously. Like everybody mm-hmm. I assume in secular hip hop was just wrote Christian hip hop. Like, all right, y'all are doing your Christian hip hop thing. But now that Kanye, yeah. the goat of all goats in hip hop goes on the Christian side. Now everyone's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Uh, this is like a new category somewhat. Like, yeah, it is. The category of like, like, it's like a trend, you know, like everything in life happens in trends. So you have chance yeah. and then you have, I feel like chance was starting it. And then Kanye was he, like, dude, I'm going to run yeah, with it. He this. at least vocalized it first. It was like, Hey, I a care lot, about yeah. my faith. Um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And he was also the first uh, rapper to 
Because to, to me, like Chance is like a, a he is an anomaly. Because he'll be like he'll be like, yo, I love God. Also, you know, put that booty on this Gucci yep. belt. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, uh, so that's a thing. But Kanye is like straight up Christian, Christian, uh, like almost like. Kanye remind when when I hear Kanye rap, which Kanye is like my favorite artist. Um, but when I hear Kanye rap about God, I'll tell him. There's like, yeah, please do tell oh. him because I know that you guys are really close. close. And so, um, when I, when I hear him, when I hear him, like rap, I'm always like, he raps from like the, like he raps from like the new believer type of, like you know what I'm saying, like that 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 like Jesus I'm on high. fire for God, yeah. yes. And so I think that I try, I, I've always tried not to like lose that. But it's I, not y'all, I though. Like you, I mean, that yeah, would be manufactured. I mean, it would. I feel like this new album, though, that we were dropping, like, it's very Jesus-centric. Very, very, like, I guess maybe quarantine pulled it out of us, but the idea of, like, Jesus uh, being, you know, like, we just rap about our lives. That's one thing we've always just kind of, kind of stuck with, like, rapping with the idea of, like, we're two Christian men who make Christian music, but the truth is, like, there's other sides of us. So we're going to try to, like... I feel like Reach is great at what they do, but they're they always are very like content. Like, what are we what are we gonna write about? And so, like, let's be specific. Let's write about this. Um, and so, for us, we're almost like, all right, I'm just gonna write whatever. Like, I'm just gonna write whatever comes to my mind. I'm not. There's no like specific like content driven theme of our stuff. You know, it's just kind of like this is who we are. And so, when I hear Kanye and hear that like fiery like. I'm in love with God. Everyone needs to hear the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. Like I remember, it almost makes me sad. I'm like, dang, I remember when I used to think like that too. And then I think church culture starts to bring you back to like, you know, when you first get saved, you're like, let's go to the hospital and pray for people. And then someone's like, you know, some guys will be like, no, we don't do that. I'm like, but the Bible said, and you know, you're like a new Christian. You're like, am I not supposed to be this on fire for uh-huh. God? You know, it's a weird but I feel like Kanye has that fire, you know, it's cool. Yeah, it, it is cool. And, you know, it's it brings up such like philosophical questions, though, like same with Chance. So like this guy now has proclaimed that he's turned his life around and he's accepted Jesus and all that. And now, yeah, he's immediately thrown on the biggest stages in the world talking about his faith like going on Joel Osteen's stage and stuff and doing his, you know, yeah. preaching or whatever. Is it a wise thing? Like you think about a normal person. If my best friend became a Christian today and Joel Osteen invited him to come preach, I don't know if I would encourage him to do that because it's like, you have to establish why you believe what you believe over just the emotions of it. Now, granted, like Kanye is a freaking massive celebrity and I could never relate to his position, but it does make me think about whether or not, uh, immediately screaming it from the rooftops in his position was the best idea. I don't know. Cause like his deal you know, on, on Joe Osteen's stage was like, I don't know. If yeah. That's right, bro. Yeah. And also like, like, okay. See, there's this tweet I saw the other day that had me rolling, but it was like this guy tweets. He goes, I was at church the other day. And while they were giving like praise reports, he's like, I got up on the mic and I said, F the devil. And everyone kicked me out of church. And he's like, I thought we're supposed to hate this guy. But you know, like, that's like the pureness that I feel like Kanye has. He's like, but I thought we're supposed to hate him. I thought, did I like mess up or something? You know, like, yeah. but I feel like that's the pureness of like that type of, I guess, thinking or sorry, my ring, just the, the ring camera in my house yeah. just like went off. So I break started up. talking to me while I was, I thought it was like some like spirit, you know, some spirit, you know, when people in church, when things, bad things happen, they're like, we rebuke it. 
we rebuked the sound man. He's like, I, I'm a volunteer, you know, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I just, it's, it's a, it's, it was funny to see him like there. And I remember my boy, my uh, road manager who lives in Houston, he was like, dude, I want to go. We've been to Joelson's church a couple of times. And he's like, can you connect me to anybody? And I hit everybody up and, and everybody was like, no, nah, we're not giving tickets out. It's like first come first serve. But it was like, you know, pretty crazy to have the Kardashians right now. Uh, like not only leading like justice reform, but also like leading like churches and, and like, you know, it's just an interesting world we have right now where the two biggest celebrities, you have con- musicians, Kanye and, and Justin, yep. and they're both like Christians. It's fun. like we, I feel like we've all prayed for this moment, but now that it's actually come, like no one's really was prepared for it. Yeah. I, but I wonder if they understand the level of influence that they have. So now that they say they represent the same faith that we believe in, they have to be super careful about what they do online and in the public. And it's a weird position because none of us are in a, like you just hope that he has people around yeah. him that are like, dude, uh, saw the pop star video. Uh, yeah. maybe let's talk about it before we film something like that. Yeah. Again. Me and Fern were talking about that. Cause as soon as we saw it, we're like, we look at each other. We're like, how much you want to bet? This is a dream. Yeah. Like that's how they're going to pull this off. This is a dream. And so at the end it was a dream. Mm. And, but I was like, yeah, that's just the type of, I knew that was going to happen. Cause that's what we, I feel like a piece of that's like what we do in Christian culture. Like we're afraid to, like, I, I always had friends who, and I always think about this cause I've always had friends when I was growing up who wanted to be actors, you know, we, we were all in the church together and they all, but then they would always be like, I want to be an actor, but I don't think I'll do the kissing thing. You know, the like girls would always say that. And I'm like, but you're not even an actor who has an opportunity. Why would you even? say that like i don't know what we would do if we even had that position for real yeah so like if drake called you and said hey bro i got this idea for a music video yeah i know you're a christian and all but maybe pop some bottles with some models yeah <laughs> probably be like yeah absolutely like all right and then it'll be a dream at the end it'll be a dream no one will know and so like i don't know like but you know what? at the end of the day you're right i think i think that they have a weight on their shoulders that we have no idea what that feels like they have just think about this. They have people on staff that follow them around and buy them clothes. And they have people who drive them around. I remember uh, Drake was saying uh, in an interview, he's like, I drove a car the first time in like three years the other day. And I was like, wow, I never thought the type of influence you have where you can't physically drive a car where people will stop the car. will try to stop you. Like that's a crazy experience to think about where like they live such different lives than we do. Like they have people who are constantly around them yeah. cutting their hair and making sure they look a hundred percent because you never know when people are going to. It's them. incomprehensible, uh, but good for them, I guess. Um, I, I want to go back to your touring. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so curious about this. So you've, you've played pretty much every mega church out there, every freaking <laughs> yeah. mega conference out there. You've done passion and all that. I'm interested to know, what do the green rooms at these places look like? Or did any of them stand out where it seemed like this is ridiculous, bro. Like this green room uh, at this church is bananas. Mm, They're all pretty much awesome. To be honest (laughs) with you. Um, I think that, okay. So I guess this would be the big difference, right? There's some churches that when you go to, they really celebrate you. Like they are ecstatic that you would even want to show up. So like a church, like, Believe it or not, even a church like Joel Osteen's church, Lake, is it called Lakewood, yeah, right? Yeah. Lakewood would, they are like Pastor Nick, who's just the most sweetest guy in the world, who leads the young adults and youth. 
he he's so like it almost makes it seem like they're not who they are because they're so excited like i can't believe you would come here to like be with us wow what an honor and we're like do you know who you are mm-hmm. do you know who you're asking you know and so like people like past like like passion church which is great lou giglio and they treat you so great it's like I don't deserve it. Me and Fern are very, very humble in what we ask for when we go to the green room. Or we're very, very writers. But like they'll do stuff like that. Yeah, like our writer, some writers are probably insane, but for us, we're very like humble. Like we're like, you know, just make sure we have two bottles of tequila. Yeah, I mean, you know, make sure we have cocaine. (laughs) Just kidding. No. No, like when we're there, like we have done shows where they're like, all right, let's go sneaker shopping. And I'm like, no, we're not gonna do that. We don't we're never gonna take advantage of a church. We're happy to be here. That's tight because yeah. you definitely don't have to be really. That way. You don't. Yeah, we don't. I mean, number one, we have our own money that we could use, and number two, um, yeah, like well, number one, it's like a it's a tax write off when you're an artist. Right. You could you could buy stuff and it's wardrobe and tax. That's the best part about. Thank you, government, thank you. for doing that. Um, but yeah, I feel as if like um, like people probably would take advantage of that. I mean, I've heard so many horror stories of Christian artists taking advantage of churches and being like, I'm not going to perform unless it's four star hotels, or I'm not going to perform unless you give us Disney world tickets and stuff like that. And I've, we've always saw that me and Fern are very like local church guys, but we always saw that we pity people who do that. We're like, we make fun of those people who do that because we think that that's like being a Christian celebrity to me is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Like, and to me, it makes me like cringe to think that people would think that inside of the church, there's, celebrities like i don't even know what that means yeah. how do you how do you elevate like you're elevating a person above because they're good at elevating the person that we should be worshiping like that's the whole thing like christian celebrities it should i understand why it exists because some people are better at things than other people but yeah. within the church context we need to fight against that because the moment we're we elevating any other person above uh, Jesus, we are sinning. We are making an idol out of somebody or something. And as you see year after year, humans are terrible idols. Like, yeah. And I think that there's, I think that when I think of like, and I think of all these people, like I would consider them friends of ours. So yeah. I could understand if someone, honestly, if someone went to my house, like if you go to my house and it's you and your wife, you go to my house and me and my wife, I'm going to try to pay for you and like, Pay for your food and like I'm gonna try to take out my friends. I we, that's what we do. I had I had Andy at my house uh, two weekends ago, and while he was here, I, we kept fighting over the bill because I think that's what friends do yeah. when you want to like celebrate. And so like I'm always cool when if a church does that, like I'm like wow, what an honor, cool. I'm not gonna take you up on it, but it's cool that the, it's there. But to see like I guess to me honestly, it happens. I don't really feel like it, I mean I guess it does happen on the outside if you're looking at like churches like passion but they don't they don't do that internally like they're not like that like internally like when we went to passion the big thing was like really it was it was more about like connecting to what god wanted to do at conference rather than like hey guess who we have here we have tim tebow like that's really what it's about it's more about like what does god want to do because we have about fifty thousand kids mm-hmm. that like they're really good stewards of what and they just shows you know like they've been doing this for 10 years and shows but then you go some places and you're like you're more concerned about the guest speaker and possibly the pastor yep. wanting to be a be be the ele- like be where rich is yep. and if you talk to rich rich is very like i believe that god gave him that platform because he knows how to steward it well hmm. he doesn't abuse it to me he 
any chance he gets, he's giving everything away. I remember when I got engaged to my wife in New York, I was at a conference and we just kind of like, I brought my wife, I brought my girlfriend at the time and I was going to propose to her. And Rich was just with like Virgil and like <laughs> the off-white team. And then Rich runs over to see us while all these like, you know, like I, I bet you Ace, the whole ASAP crew was there. And Rich goes, hey man, um, I was just giving this hoodie. Do you want it? And I was like, sure, why not? I didn't think, I didn't even know what off-white was at the yeah. time. And I remember he was like, well, only two people have this, like you and Justin Bieber. So don't throw it away. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. And like Rich is the type of person where material really doesn't, he's not, he's just not that person. And mm. so since I've known him, there, those guys might have stuff, but they're not like, they don't care. Like they'll give it, they'll give you the shoes off their feet because they're very much about the, they're really spirit driven. And especially I feel like now more than ever, like the Holy spirit conversation, I think between a lot of us has been coming up more about how do we, how do we steward the Holy spirit in our church, especially since, you know, everyone's in the same ground floor right now during quarantine. Yeah. We're all Nobody same, is special. Unless you're unless you're Judah Smith, because he was ready prepared for yes, this. Yes, that's true. He was uh, Judah five was years Judah ahead. was like uh, he's the prophet. I don't no, I always laugh, right? Because I think to myself, like, no one no one saw this coming. Where was God's prophets then? You know, like what were we doing? That's a part of that church culture that I always feel like is so foolish. Like yeah. we all self self proclaiming like, prophets. I got yeah, no like time okay, for you're that. telling me all the things that God's going to do in the future, but no one saw quarantine happening and having virus and changing over. You saw every, you saw the fact that God's going to bless me and give me a, give me a thousand bucks, but you didn't see that God was going to, that this was going to happen and we're all going to be fighting for our lives yeah. on unemployment, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, just at least give us a heads up that we need to buy some of these masks, bro. Like I'm, or some toilet paper or invest, let us invest in three. Yeah. Or zoom while they're making all these. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Imagine you did that. Imagine if you uh, invested in Amazon and Zoom before that it was a thing. I'd be, oh I'd, I'd be having a different uh, October. Today's episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast is brought to you by theuproom.org. You know, there's some daily comforts to just make you grateful and feel more grounded in life. Petting the dog, hitting the snooze button, and of course, that first cup of coffee in the morning. These are things that you count on every day to help you get where you want to go. Things like the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. You can count on the upper room for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It is the only daily devotional magazine written by readers, ordinary people, people who have encountered God in daily situations. The upper room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or printed magazine. Enjoy a free 30-day trial of the email or app service by visiting upperroom.org welcome. That's U-P-P-E-R-R-O-O-M dot org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free that me and Fern are older so like I think when you're young all the off-white and the supreme means a lot to you now when it happens I'm like who, who cares Dude, like it's like it's, all made it's a gilded shirt we're talking about here yep. you know it's a gilded it's not it's not any other type of shirt so I think that a piece of me always has felt like that was a test church culture is very they're all about honoring maybe that comes more from like the Pentecostal side yeah. but you know, I've been also, I've been to church, I've been to events. Here's, here's the flip side. I've been to events where they put us in, you know, a, 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 one of those hotels that like you walk from the street into your yeah, room, a motel. like you're in the parking lot and you walk in one step closer <laughs> to the building. Now you're in a, in a, in a, there's blood stain on the floor uh -huh. and there's like semen on the floor. It's disgusting. Yeah. You're like, Oh, and they're like cockroaches in the bathroom. We have been there. I've been in some churches where, They've booked me, Fern, and two other men for one hotel. And then when we're like, hey, you know, you didn't, you know, 
on our rider, it's, oh, well, we don't have it. And we're like, okay. And we still have to perform. Or I've been at events where, you know, we're doing a set, we're about to perform, and the, and the guy comes up to us right before we go on stage, which happened last year, of all things, and was like, hey, I have no money, by the way. Uh, you know, our, our donator didn't come in. And so, you know, if you want to perform, everyone's here to see you. So if you want to perform, cool, but, you know, it's, it's up paid. to you. And they put us in this uncomfortable, yeah, uncomfortable position where it's like, you know, I've, I've experienced both sides of the coin. Jeez. And so, you know, I, we, I remember distinctly us going to California, our biggest market, and, a, and some pastor putting us in, like, usually you would expect the pastor maybe to rent a car or get a car big enough for us all. I remember his, like, daughter was driving us. And then, like, I'm like, first off, we don't want to be with some random 18-year-old girl driving yep. who's, like, kind of texting <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. She's, like, on Snapchat, like, hey, look who I got. And then she's driving us to a hotel that has roaches, you know? And so I've been on both sides of the coin. Yeah. And then I've been... You know, where Chris will put us in, uh, he doesn't put us in like a very nice, I mean, he treats us nice. He's not going to put us in a five-star hotel or something, mm -hmm. but he treats us and makes sure that we feel like his hand was on it. So it's it's a weird conversation to have because it's like, but now it's a different conversation because I feel like now we ask for all the money up front so that we'll pay for our own hotels. Right. We'll pay for our own tra transportation and, and so forth. So the conversation has changed, but I've been on both sides and I'd always want to choose the sides where they want to honor us and give us, you know, take us out to eat rather than the person who's like, all right, there's a McDonald's if you want that. Yeah. And then there's an Arby's. And I'm like, I haven't seen an Arby's <laughs> in person in, ever because I live in Florida where they don't have poison. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I, that's an interesting perspective or it's like most people don't get that insight into that world. Like most people see from the outside, like, Oh, look, these guys are getting treated as celebrities. But that makes a ton of sense, especially like I talked to Travis Green, who's a big yeah, gospel guy. Love him. Yeah. And he yeah. he was basically telling me like, dude, I'm touring 200 days a year, bro. You're putting me up yeah. in a like I need to actually be able to recharge in some capacity. And so this rider stuff actually matters. It's not me being a, a freaking diva. It's me being like, yeah, I need to be able to perform well. So, yeah, that's that's helpful to know. I totally agree with that. And it, it, I never thought of actually that because it's true. We do tour like Social Club. We counted it. We do 150 dates every single year. And the places that allow us to have a good hotel and let us get the early check in. Usually we have a better show. Yeah. Because by then we're like ready to go. We got to like, Not stressed we don't, out. whenever we go to a city, we don't we don't usually maybe one out of unless it's New York, L.A. or somewhere where it's like some type of sexy city. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go if it's if it's Minnesota, we're going to stay inside the room and just perform when it's time and maybe eat eat downstairs at the at the restaurant and the hotel. But for the most part, we don't go out ever. We don't you're never going to see us in the morning. Go, maybe it's a coffee shop, but we're never shopping. Some people, they go on tour, they spend all their money in the daytime and stuff. And we're like, we're trying to make money for our family. Right. So. I get it. There has to be a sense of recharging. Yeah. So on the note of making money, uh, the whole thing around my account is kind of about the whole, like how much is enough. You guys are touring 150 days a year. You're making, I have no idea how much you're making, but I assume you're making good money. Have y'all ever been challenged on that? Like, Hey dude, seems like you're making a ton of money off of Christian work. Or has anybody called you out and said like, Hey bro, you just bought that All freaking time. Lexus. What is that? Yeah. How do you justify I have, that? I have a, I have a, uh, I have a Daewoo. So there's oh, okay. that. Um, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> Straight from Japan. You just got, you just China? got killed by a Daewoo. You ever seen that on Tropical? Uh, -uh. uh, Trop uh what's it called? 
Um, what's that one movie? Um, Pineapple Express. I have seen with it. With Danny McBride. Danny McBride kills a guy with his daywoo, and he's like, you just got killed by a daywoo. <laughs> you just got rocked by a daywoo. Anyway, no, I, um, it's funny because I was, me and, like, Andy has, like, a, Andy has, like, a 19, like, a 2005 Civic. I have, like, a, I have a lease car that I literally just renewed right now for like $250 a month. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Mazda. Like I don't have a nice, I don't have like a really awesome car. Like I, I, I feel like I'm in a different category if I'm going to be honest okay. with you, because I feel as if I make music and that music does cater to Christians. But at the same time, what I'm in is a business. I, I know that pastoring and church is technically a business, but like I have fans that want to support us and give us, money to buy merch and they're buying the music they're buying a product they're not not buying our speech they're not trying to further god's kingdom by buying your merch really yeah they're not they're not trying to unlock their blessing by giving us 68 (laughs) dollars you know what i'm saying like you're not gonna get it from this hoodie bro (laughs) yeah absolutely and like for the most part we're very i mean me and fern are very um like if a hoodie costs us to make 20 bucks we're gonna put it for like 30. Like we're very like humble in what we do. Cause I also feel like, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't afford anything. Yeah. And I always want the kid who comes to us to be able to buy a $20 shirt or a $40 hoodie, you know, even though it might cost us a little bit higher, you know, like it gets expensive when you print merch. And so I feel like with us, it's a little bit different. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We're in the Christian space, but that doesn't disqualify the fact that we have a product and that product is music. And if the music is not good, we're not going to get booked. Yeah. And so, and if the music's not good, we're going to get dropped from our label. And if the, and you know, to be honest with you, the majority of our shows in the last couple of years have been more neutral venue shows. Like I love conferences, but we've been doing a lot more like house of blues or like club shows because I, I like having like a neutral territory for fans to come in rather than like sometimes a church experience where you're like, why are you performing a stage that has like levels? Because there's stairs to walk up, uh-huh. you know, like it doesn't feel like a, you know, and the stage is carpet, like, <laughs> yeah. like I, <laughs> yeah, so, so, or like you're you're on a cord mic with an orange, you know, cap on it, whatever. So like for us, we've been kind of trying to transition into more of, um, more of like a neutral venue. But I love conferences, and to be honest with you, my life was changed at a conference when I was 18, mm. and I, I accepted Jesus, and so I know, and I, I got saved at 18. I got saved. I didn't. I grew up in a church environment, but I never really went to church. My parents didn't pressure me. So I know how important it is for a conference to change and how it has to be on 10. Because if you're, if you were trying to reach me at 18, I'm making, because I didn't want to be there. I was making fun of everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that, that guy has a stupid shirt on or this light, like the lights don't work or like, what's this about? Like what, like why is, you know, I would make fun of everything. So, you know, when we go to conferences, like passion and everything is a hundred percent, you as a person who comes in and you're cynical, you really had nothing to be cynical about because they're operating at a level that you would see a Kanye West show or a Jay-Z show or a Maroon 5 show. You know, they just try to be excellent. You know, who wants to go to a show where they didn't invest in the sound? Yeah. So the sound sucks. Uh-huh. And I've done, I did a show two years ago where the guy spent all the money on the band and he was a new time. He was like a new um, promoter. He spent money on us, KB and Gavi. And then didn't put any money on sound. So when we're performing, we're, it sounds like garbage because he just didn't think about it. So it's a, it's an interesting conversation if you go down that road because it's like, what are you willing to, what are you willing to give? Like, or what, what are you willing to get for like, you know, you might you might put us in a nice hotel, but would you rather put us in a crap hotel? 
You know, it's a, it's a, there's like two sides to that coin. Yeah, and like, when is it too much? So like, whenever I saw Passion yes. last year, Passion looked bananas. Like it's in the Mercedes Stadium. There's freaking there's a U2 style stage. There's sixty thousand people going nuts. I just think about like that had to have cost millions of dollars to put that on. And I know ticket sales probably subsidize it, but it's just, they're like a hundred bucks. Yeah. It's just interesting to think think, for 50,000 people. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's interesting to think about though. Like when is this? And there's, it's an impossible thing to say, I guess, but like, when is this too much? Or like in the Christian life, when have we diverted so much into excellence, entertainment, production value versus, making that the now the focus like i'm going to passion because it's super fun I'm going to passion because yeah. i get super hyped because social clubs there that kind of thing it's just something i think about a lot and i think a lot other no i think really about like. it too i think about I, we think about that all the time because i also feel like you know a lot of my friends aren't saved and so i we don't want to ever be the type of christians that we only have christian friends yeah. like, i feel like you're a weirdo if that's the case you know if you're because then you start getting in this weird world where you think that like you know you're above everybody and so i think that that's such a stupid type of mindset we only want christian people around you so i always think like what do i what's what's the alternative right we do a church show that they don't really care about the sound and they just you know the tickets are maybe free and you get a free experience and we're probably not going to be there a social club because you could get a free artist and so Will it have the same impact? And so yeah. then you think about it, like how excellent do you want it to be or how excellent is too much? But I mean, to me, I mean, when we went to Passion, they, there's, it's expensive to have that venue, but they really, they, I think they took care of it. They're really faithful with it. I mean, they fed us, you know, they fed every, no, there was no type of like celebrity moment. Maybe there was like maybe one or two, but it was like where you have people coming in and they're like, oh, you can't move. Like, like when we met Rabbi Zacharias, on that passion, we met him at passion and he had a guy who was with him and he was, cause rabbi is doing so much stuff. He had a guy who was like holding the Bible, like in front of him, walking with him and rabbi is trying to get the scripture while talking to this person, this person's behind wow. him. And we're just like, Hey, and so he's doing a lot. And I can understand how security would be like, dude, give him his moment. Cause he's about to jump on stage. We didn't know that he was dealing with cancer or anything like that. Mm. And so like, he's still operating at a hundred. So, I remember looking at him and be like, man, he's got like a lot of people who like are kind of like, we got to talk to him because of, um, because of his assist. We did an event for him. So his assistant was like, Hey, I want you to meet him. You did this event for us in Las Vegas. I would love to connect you to, but you know, like he had security and people were like, Hey, we need, I remember there was people behind us. I don't think they got to meet him because they're like, Rabbi's a little tired. He's going to go upstairs. And I, I, you know, who knows what those people behind us thought? Maybe, ah, oh, he's tired. What a celebrity. They don't know he's dealing with cancer yeah. or something. Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting conversation to have. And I think if we explore it, you, when I look at passion or a or I think of any of these churches, they, I, I feel like they steward what they, they can well, and they operate it as professional and as exciting as they can, because the alternative is a crap show where the sound's not good yeah. and it's a mess and, and that's memorable in a different way. Like people, people aren't going to go back to passion if, yeah, if it's just like, why would I want to go yeah, back? If it's just another carpeted stage, crappy sound type thing <laughs> with, with the mic, and then we're all sharing mics yeah. and stuff. And I, I think because we we did we have done so many shows. I mean, 
You know, but here's here's another flip side of it, right? We've been to venues where we sold out the venue and the and the guy gives us a huge bonus or the guy gives us like, hey man, uh here's a here's a gift basket with an iPad and like an essential oil that makes you smell like an Egyptian cab driver. So like <laughs> there's there's different elements to it. So like or like we've been to some shows. I remember we performed in Baltimore, we sold it out uh last year, and the guy was like, All right, man, here's like five bottles of liquor and we're like looking at each other like we don't i mean i don't drink like that uh, especially since i'm i'm already fat <laughs> so like do i need to drink anymore and get a beer belly and so like uh we were kind of like all right well i was like i'll give them out to somebody and i remember just like you know we just left them in the room but i think to myself like there's always incentives when you sell out an event and the in the world and in the christian space yeah. you know no matter what there's always an incentive if you're successful everybody's everybody's trying to make the paper one way or the other and we all just in the day, you're yeah, right. and we all just have to be careful, uh, I guess, about our hearts about it, and make sure that you're right. Though, like, what is too much? I, I that's 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 really where we get at. What is too? Yeah, because you know, like, we want to be in the world, not of the world, and we want to distinguish ourselves in some ways from, like, if something a lot of churches look just like any other type of entertainment venue, and if you're not standing out, what are you doing? Are you just another mm-hmm. platform for entertainment, or? Are you helping change people's lives? I don't know. Have, have anybody, here's a question I have for you. I know we're on the podcast, but like, has anyone ever like tried to like reach out to you to justify? Cause I feel like obviously on this podcast, you ask the guests and stuff, but like, I always wanted to know, like, do people ever like DM you and be like, what you're doing is like crap, stop it. Or, or they try to justify maybe some pastor that you you put on their space and they're trying to justify it. Like, has anyone been like, this is why we do it and try to explain themselves. Yeah. I mean, uh, your first question, plenty of people for the past 18 months have told me <laughs> what you do is crap. <laughs> like you're being divisive. You're a terrible person. Why would you do this as a Christian? Uh, which, you know, if you don't want to think about it much, then maybe it does look like I'm being divisive. Uh, and people have some of the people you've mentioned already. I've talked with over DM about certain reasons why they do things. Uh, and yeah, at a mic. So this is this is my deal. It's like at a micro level, everybody has their own unique situation. Of course, Justin yeah. Bieber is going to give all of his buddies whatever they want from Barney's or whatever, because he feels like they helped him change his life. People on the outside don't understand that people on the outside just see, Oh, this guy's hanging out with Bieber for the TMZ or for the, whatever the perks are. But now like once you get a look, kind of like with you, like once you get a look into how life actually is, things start to make sense. But a lot of people, don't want to be empathetic for somebody that seems like they have it all or seems like they're benefiting uh, a ton. So, or taking money from the church. Yeah, so- but you know, it's funny. This is, this is the truth. I just made me think of something like there has been times where like we've done events for people and somebody's life has been so changed that they will give us a gift. Because I think that when you experience God, there's a sense of like, it's so new and fresh that you feel as if like you owe the person who possibly communicated that. Like you just want to like bless them because there's a sense of like, maybe you bless me. So there's been events where people have been like, hey man, you performed, but we just bought you all these sneakers. And we're like, we don't, we're, we're, we we're actually, I remember one of our first shows. Yeah, like one of our first shows, there was like this $1,000 Jordan pack that came out. And I remember my my buddy Chino was like, dude, if anybody in our group chat, if anybody can get a hold of these, let me know. And I remember this guy came up to us and was like, hey, man, um, I don't have money, but I, I have a sneaker store. Here's a, these Jordans. 
And he gave us some, and they were my buddy Chino Sai. So Dude. we met Chino at the airport and was like, hey, we're giving this. Here's this for you. But I remember thinking about that and being like, um, being like, you know, there's there's a sense of like when you're when you have not experienced God and you're going through all the crap and then you do experience God. And for some reason, there's a lifting of all the pressures and the peace of the Holy spirit comes in your life. There's a sense of like great gratefulness that you're like, I just want to bless you. So I could see if Justin or any of these big celebrities or even Kanye, like decide to be like, Hey man, you bless my life here. Here's some shoes. Like this is the least I could do, yeah. you know, and this, I get these for free. You know? Yeah. I mean, that happens to pretty much every pastor out there. I've come to find out. I had no idea that existed before this whole account started. Uh, but that happens everywhere for everything. And it, and because of that feeling that a person gets when their life is changed, the person that I think that influenced that has to be careful with the amount of power that they have in that situation. Because like right. you have to be aware that you, this person feels like you just changed their life. This is an opportunity that you can either point to Jesus or you can elevate your own brand or you can elevate your own self-worth like if I was in a position where somebody came up to me and was like, dude, you changed my life. It would be so hard for me not to be like, you're welcome, bro. Like yeah. I accept these sneakers that you're offering me. Um, and so I think it, I think it just behooves ev- anybody that's in a position of influence, myself included for yeah. whatever type of influence I have that we have to fight against that feeling that feels so good. It's like, yeah, dude, I changed that person's life. Yeah, dude. Like they're so grateful for what I did. Um, and I think that, is it wrong to feel like that? That's my question. Is it, is it wrong to feel as if like, Hey, I'm really excited that God used us. Like, wow. Like what? Are, I can't believe this happened. Like where, where, where do you draw the line of like, all right, now you're like too excited about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like there's a, there's a, there's a conversation, but I feel like that's like conviction. Like conviction for you is different than yeah, mine. Absolutely. Like, so like maybe it's on that level. Yeah. Like that type of level. That's but the it, difficulty with having conversations like this is because there's no, Jesus doesn't say much about how many strobe lights you're supposed to have and which stadium yeah. you're supposed to perform in. Like, but it's needed because you're the checks and balance. You are the, there's no one right now who's a checks and balance for the church. Yeah. Oh, so you are, you are one of the first, you are literally one of the first people, because if we really want to get technical, how many pastors have a hundred million dollars? Right. How did that happen? Yeah. Like how did somewhere that, in how, between how there? Yeah, that? somewhere in between there. So like people almost universally agree that the whole pastors having multiple private jets thing is ridiculous. But once you get past that and start talking about, all right, these sneakers are worth a thousand dollars. Well, who says a pastor can't have nice things? Like, well, what if I told you he had a new pair of thousand dollar sneakers each Sunday, or a new freaking Nordstrom outfit every Sunday? At a yeah. certain point, it. I don't have the answers, but I'm just saying I want to be yeah. a type of person. It's a good conversation. Yeah, I want to be the type of person that at least says, hey, look, maybe this is the best way to do things, but is it the best way to do things? I just want to type. Yeah, you're a checks. And, yeah, you're the checks. And you're, you're, there's no governing body of the church that says, hey, guys, why is this allowed? But in a, some sense, there should be. And you are the first of your kind. So I, obviously, you're going to get all the flack. Yeah. Obviously, people are going to be mad at you because you're the first person to be like, why does a pastor – and sometimes pastors look so stupid. They're, I'm like, you're dressed head – I went to one conference. I mean, and this, I remember the guy had the Red October – the pastor had the Red Octobers, had like the Yeezy hoodie, the Yeezy pants, and like white socks and, you know, tucked the – like the, he was duplicating the outfit. And I'm like – Relax, bro. You look, 
As a human, I'm like, I'm like, let me just tell you, as a human to human, you look like a goofball. <laughs> human to human, just as a human, not even on a spiritual level, you look stupid. And we're all making fun of you. Yeah, and you're wearing my year's salary too. Uh, and, and we took a picture and put you in our group chat. And now all of our roasting. friends are laughing at you. Yeah, yeah, roasting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like I never set out to be a checks and balances. Like I didn't really care that much, but just something stuck out to me at that on that first day that I started the account. I was like, dude, this seems ridiculous. Like eight hundred dollars shoes yeah. seems a weird message to me. It does. And some you're right. And some of that was like, no, I don't consider myself to be pure at heart, but or rational by any means. Like at that moment, I was there's probably a lot of stuff that I was projecting on the whole situation. Like, dude, this guy's got eight hundred dollars shoes. I can't afford sixty dollars shoes. That that yeah. kind of thing. I don't tithe eight hundred in three weeks. Yeah. Like that's the comfort. Like yeah. I'm not tithing money that equals. So and even if I'm giving you all my money, like. I, it's a great, it's a, honestly, it's a great conversation. And I feel like I, I wish I've, I mean, you've talked to, you probably talked to them more than I have about, it. I feel like I've never really talked to any pastors about it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because they're ashamed of it or it maybe because it's a wake up call, but I feel like I should have, I should, I should have in the last year asked people like, what do you think about it? Like, yeah. that? like, I, like, I doubt many feel any kind of shame. I imagine they just didn't think it was an issue. Like, dude, these were a gift. No big deal. Like the nice gifts that yeah. I've been given, I'm not a public figure yet or was. And so I never would think about nice things that give people gave me. But now that you have a million followers on social or on YouTube, uh, I think it was somewhat of a wake up call, not by any, like I didn't design this to be that, but it ended up being yeah. somewhat of a wake up call. Like, Oh, some people care about this or like how I project myself online does send a message, even if it's not fair. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that I hope that people see the benefit in that and not just like, Oh, hope they do too. Uh, like n- this dude's just a shithead. That's trying to freaking <laughs> like be cynical, you know, uh, with Supreme cups with, behind you. And I mean, the whole Supreme, you have a Supreme surfboard. I mean, I've got, no I've got the, I've me. got the rug. I've got the Fox moto racing. Keep off mask. grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Keep off grass. Yeah. I've got the off white, you know, uh, floor mat that says floor mat, everything. Um, do you ever collect that stuff at all by any chance? Do you like, and like, I know I'm joking right now, but do you, before this, were you like a hype beast at all? No, I like, I've got a couple of those Jordan fours back there, but I used to resell, yeah. I used to resell. Like the only reason that I knew about all these, all this stuff was cause I was reselling. So I was like, I, I, I would never keep the, the hype stuff. I would, if I was lucky enough to get it, I would just sell it for a profit because we're out here trying to yeah. eat. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah. I actually had, I, I'm thinking about, it. I actually, one of my, friends in Miami who's a pastor is a really, really large church, um, a Spanish church. I remember hanging out with him and his music. He loved my music so much. I remember there's three or four times where he, he would be like, I want to hang out. And I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, meet me at the store. And I would meet at the store and he'd buy me like eight pairs of shoes. Yeah. And he'd be like, you, you've changed my life. And I feel like I finally have a breath. And like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I hate, I hope he never hears this, but I took all those shoes and I sold them. <laughs> And I straight up made like a thousand bucks on the shoes. Of course, because it's ridiculous. Like nobody, like if I love sneakers as a hobby. And so I totally understand why you would own 50, a (laughs) hundred pairs of shoes. But in practicality, if you weren't expecting to get all those shoes and somebody's like, Hey, here's a thousand bucks worth of shoes. A lot of people, I sold Yeah, a lot of people would be like, I'd rather have a thousand dollars, bro. If you're not going to give it to me, I'm gonna go get it. So I remember someone giving me a pair of Yeezys, like the original, um, I think they were the the not the black ones, not the white ones. It was the third color where they came out. And hold on, sorry, my manager called me. Um, sorry, my manager called me. He uh, anyway, this guy gave me the third colorway of Yeezys, and I gave them to my uncle. 
And my uncle was like, whoa, holy crap, how'd you get that? I was like, I'm never going to wear these. I think the easiest are the ugliest shoes ever made. <laughs> but, you know, I'm also like, you know, I'm also, I'm not, a, I'm not really a high, like the stuff that I have, like I try to make cheap things cool, yeah, right? Yeah. So I like my, my Bass Pro hat that's three bucks is what I'm trying to like rock. Yeah. And so like, or a Carhartt shirt, like to me, that's cool. Yeah. Rather than, well, be- you know, I also feel like you look like a fool if you're wearing a thousand dollar hoodie, yeah. a V-Loan hoodie. Yeah, the whole thing about, hype beast culture for most people is like people want to be seen wearing that because they know that other people know that that v-loan hoodie was 1200 bucks or whatever and that's like such a vain way to live your life bro yeah. and it's impossible like 12 people that know yeah that. and it's impossible that's to sustain like and it's all you know it's all hype there's no function there's no craftsmanship it's literally a gilded hoodie with an anti-social club, social club, yeah, uh, yeah, like freaking screen print on the back, and they're charging three hundred bucks for it, dude. It's just all like people thought that that was our brand for years. Oh, really? They're like, dude, you're blowing up <laughs> everywhere. It's like, dude, and I I'm wish. Like, That's, I don't even correct them anymore. I don't even correct them anymore. I'm like, thank you. I hope you continue to support, support us. us. I don't, you know, like I'm like, oh god, I don't even. But people tag us all the time. They're like, dude, you're blowing up anti-social social club, and I'm like, that's not us <laughs> at all. Wish it was. Um, yeah, I wish I was wealthy and yeah. for real. All right. Well, I know I've taken more of your time, but do y'all have anything come? I'm, I have literally nothing to do. To, like, I'm, I have nothing. So don't even worry okay. about it. Yeah. Uh, what I, I think of what I was trying to say, <laughs> what I was trying to say earlier, I started talking about micro level, like everybody's own situations. Yeah. At a macro level, though, there has been kind of like you talked about this cultural shift to whether intentionally or not valuing consumeristic stuff and i didn't care about this before the whole account but now you see it like people really love brands people really love even to make their own church logo into a whole streetwear brand because that's attractive now people like the the reason i have so much content is because all these pastors really loved wearing cool looking sneaks uh and so that's what i want to talk about at the macro level because like yeah if you talk about Rich Wilkerson Jr. in one situation in New York when he's hanging out with Virgil, there's all these different yeah. like nuances around that. And yeah. I can't, I have no idea yeah. who, like what people paid for anything. And people think that I'm like yeah. saying that I do. All I can do is say these shoes right now, if you sold them brand new, they'd be worth $1,200. Um, yeah. So to yeah. me, it's like a cultural discussion. I'd never want to be the type of person's like, dude, I know you paid $700 for those. <laughs> it's it's more like this is it's just interesting to see people's response and that's what's made me keep going is yeah. like it's felt important i don't completely know why god either made or allowed this to happen but for what it's a great conversation yeah, for whatever reason it did happen and i don't want to be the type of person's like oh i'm scared of what people think so i'm not going to do this thing that clearly is growing and is like means something to people um yeah but you have a good heart i think that if imagine if you were like, I'm not going to do it. And you have a gen, like you're a genuine funny, like, Hey, I'm going to joke around. Like, let's laugh at this type of situation. Yeah. But it's not as cynical as imagine if you didn't do it and someone else did it and they decided to be really cynical with it and like, you know, kind of crap on all these people. Yeah. And so, you know, someone was going to do it no matter what. And the fact that, you know, obviously we love Jesus and it's, it's a core of who we are, but at the same time, there are things that make you go, hmm. yeah. So I, I get, I, I feel like you're the best person to do it. Yeah, you know, thank you. I have a question. Why don't you like show your face though? What's, what's yeah, that about? The, uh, at first it's probably for the best. <laughs> well, yeah. 
uh, at first, people don't like stalk you and try to kill right. you. Pastors, yeah, that's you know, an armor bear tries to strike you. With yeah, a that's knife. the issue, and it's in of itself <laughs> that I'm scared of being murdered by pastors. Uh, no, they're armor bears. <laughs> yeah, the uh, <laughs> right when it right when it happened, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I wasn't making any money. I had no strategy. I had no agenda. I had just made this funny thing that blew up within a month, and so I was I was getting a bunch of hate in the DMS. And so I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want to mess with my family life for doing this Instagram thing. Uh, so for a while I was just like, I'm going to do this anonymously until I figure out what I think about it, what I feel about it. And so after, you know, a few months of being like, all right, this does seem like a good conversation. It's messy. People are getting their feelings hurt. Uh, but people are also interested because they don't know who I am or know where, I, mm-hmm. like, what my whole deal is. Anonymous. Yeah, so, I, so people people <laughs> mentioned like the Christian Banksy, uh, that kind of thing. So like I started, I kept doing it because it was, it was interesting. Like uh, people seem to be interested in that element of it. And so I was like, dude, mm-hmm. uh, it's cool that I'm like living this second life that people don't know that I'm like, as you can see, I'm an average white dude <laughs> sitting in Texas <laughs> that uh, has no like, no reason to be a public figure or to be like uh special in any way. And so I, I've, it made it more special to me, I think to be anonymous. Cause it was like, Oh, nobody knows who this guy is. He's creating this huge buzz yeah. without even having to be out in public. And then yeah. nobody will believe this, but part of it is like, I didn't want it to be about me because part mm-hmm. of this whole deal is like uh the whole, you need to go. Sorry about that. My wife just came home and she's jumping around with our dog. I love it. I love this is what I live Heck for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have the house ready for her to come home after she's been working all day, right? Let me tell you something. She's been working all day. All I did was slave. I I cleaned the house. I mopped the floors. It smells like it smells like um, you know, the Puerto Rican classic house smell with the purple uh what's it called, baby? The purple thing that we fabuloso. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. You got a whole bucket That's of That's what's in my fingertips. <laughs> For, secondly, I love that we're on this podcast because I feel like me and you just talk like friends. So I hate the fact that when people he- might hear this, they're like, wow, they're like going on different subjects and stuff. But I feel like we genuinely like have this like funny, like, I guess, opinion towards things. It's like talking to your friend where you're like just trying to catch up. Yeah, so, heck yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut. I feel like I cut you off a couple of times. Oh, sorry it's all right. No, but I, I appreciate somebody that can flow because I've had some conversations where you have to like pull stuff out of people. And that makes Ugh. it pretty, pretty uh, difficult. Uh, but what I guess yeah. what I was saying was um, the oh I didn't want it to be about me because I so like the yeah. Today Show asked me to come on right like week three of me starting this account and I could have easily you could be the brand as a human yeah. it's bigger yeah you're making and, it bigger and it would have looked and it would have looked like oh this guy's just in it to build his own platform and so nobody yeah. will believe they would have made fun of you yeah. so bad and bro. nobody. Like anybody in that position that we're going to just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, thankfully I had some wise people that were like, yeah, that you don't benefit at all from going and doing that as much as like, I like attention. I like to make people laugh. Like, obviously I would love to be on the biggest stage ever, but, uh, I, part of it was like, I want to talk about, you know, the whole concept of celebrity Christians or Christian celebrities in church culture. It, it, it's yeah. weird if I'm saying like, yeah, I'm the big hilarious dude that is freaking questioning Christian celebrities. He's also a Christian and also a ton of people know who he is. So that was my, yeah. like, it was interesting that I was anonymous, but also I, 
I could have easy, it could have easily sucked me into like, Oh yeah, I'm awesome. I'm hilarious. The fact that I've been anonymous this whole time, I haven't been able to take as much credit. I haven't been able to like go around and have mm. people say like, Oh, you're that guy, dude. It's so hilarious. Love what you're doing. Um, but I think also if you would have like revealed your face, which I hope that you never do, I think that you would be probably because you started this conversation, you probably would have got booked for a lot of different events in person. And once you get to be around these people, I don't feel like you'd be as sharp as you are now because you're just, you're the brand and you see things still from the outside. I like that you do that rather than the guy who got, who's now best friends with all these pastors and you can't really call anybody <laughs> out because they're your buddies. And you know, you're like, let's, let's skip these, let's skip all these people and get all, you know, like you haven't been compromised. It's purely like, yeah, I, uh, you know, eventually like I wrote a, like you helped me get my book deal. Yeah. Uh, I'm super pumped. About yeah. That. So I wrote a book and I'm going to come out in public for that. So eventually I'm going to have to face some of that. And I'm trying to pivot mm-hmm. to where it's more broad strokes instead of just like, let's talk about these super wealthy pastors. Um, so hopefully, cause I don't want to talk about freaking pastor footwear for the rest of my life. Uh, I think the market for that's probably steadily declining. Yeah. Especially since no one wears shoes anymore because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to get like a, a belt up so that they don't right. like, they're like, I don't want, I've, I've dead serious. I've heard conversations behind the scenes where pastors, like I was at a conference, like no one like huge, but I've heard people say like, like, I hope that they don't like, or I'm not going to wear my shoes cause I don't want to be on the website <laughs> or I don't want to be, which is such a funny, cause then it's like, why do you even have them? You know, yeah. like it's like a whole, it, it, it's, it's a mirror for everybody, I think, because it, it, I think it's made everybody question why they have what they have or why they wear or post what they post. Yeah. And I, I think that's a healthy thing for everybody to do to audit. Like, Hey, why did I post this pic of me with this celebrity? Or why did I post this pic of me Mm -hmm. with these dope pair of shoes? Because we all need to fight against vanity and like making other people envy our lives because everyone, Mm -hmm. like, especially now in COVID, nobody's life is freaking special. Like everyone's sitting at home, you know, trying to like, not live in fear and trying not to get a virus and not like trying to make ends meet. So like none of us are that special. So I'm hoping like if, if anything that at least people are like, Oh, what I post on social matters, you know? Yeah. An anti anti social club, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. Thanks. Little plug. But you know what? I think that, I think that for you, that conversation, there's still a conversation in there of a checks and balance system for pastors. And so like, uh, that's why I love like the idea that you're telling me about your book. It's such a really well needed book. But I also think like, you know, there's other versions, spinoffs of you. Obviously you've seen like, there's like a watch guy now, but I was like, I was, when it first came out before the watch thing started, I was like, I wonder if they'll ever catch like pastors in their cars. I feel like that could always be a thing like pastor pulling up in the brand new Lamborghini or Maserati, Tesla or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, that's a crazy conversation to have too. Like, a lot of them have hundred thousand know. dollar Tesla model X's for sure. Like that's a popular one. They rarely post about it, but you can tell, uh, I, you know, I know one, I know one pastor for sure has an Aston Martin. I know another who wow. has several, you know, BMWs. It's dude, the money's crazy, bro. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I know your wife came home. I've, I've, Taking oh. yeah maybe I'll have sex, so <laughs> yeah. let me let me just plug Good luck bro let me plug in a couple yeah so what uh, what do you got going on how can people find you and social club on the yeah. internet 
first off, this is a great conversation. I hope I could we could talk more because I feel like we just had like that friendship talk. Like I, I forgot that we were even Heck recording. Yeah. But yeah, so Social Club actually, uh, the, our new album comes out October 30th. I'm not sure when the podcast drops, but uh, October 30th, we have a new album called Feared by Hell, which I'm super pumped Heck about. Yeah. Got to produce, uh, got to produce about around nine songs on 12 track album. It's got uh, a bunch of great Christian artists on it. It's got Jeremy Camp. It's got um, uh, my my personal friends, No Big Deal and, and Hovey yeah. and so many great artists on it. Um, we're super pumped about it. And I think that uh, if you like good music and you like to have, uh, you know, I don't know, if you like to have good music, we're the, we're, we're a good, we're a good solution for you, Heck I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, got that going on. And um, uh, we actually have our first show ever this year in the last like eight Jeez. months uh, in Houston. We're going to show off the album Where, wherever you are. Uh, well, we have Houston. I think you're Dallas. in a different area, but yeah, Dallas. So we have a show this weekend in Houston. We're showing off the album and uh, we're just trying to, you know, keep busy in what we do. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting time, but I really feel like this album represents quarantine mixed with if anybody needs a little hope, that's what we try to give in this next album. Heck so yeah. Um, yeah. pre-order starts, pre, pre, pre-order actually starts to the t- midnight and uh, another song drops. So we're pumped about that. Nice well. dude. What about socials? Yeah, so socials, you can follow me at, uh, I have a terrible name, but it's Death by Marty Mar. Uh, you can follow me and, and DM me if you've heard my voice or you are mad at me. Mm-hmm. I'll just point you right back to you know, Preacher Sneakers. It. But, it. Um, yeah, you can take all that heat. I don't want, I'll, anybody who has anything nice to say, please tell yeah. me. But um, I'm not really good with, uh, I'm not really good with people who, like criticize me because I'll be like, just don't listen to our music. Then. Like I don't. What else is there to do? But yeah. So Social Club Misfits on uh, Instagram is the band, but mine is Death by Marty Mar. And um, yeah, thank you for having Heck me. Yeah, man. Marty from Social Club Misfits. Social Club Marty for president in stores now. Cracker Barrel, uh, Best Buy. I'm just kidding. It's nowhere. It's just only online. But no, no, all these CD companies actually stop, so no one's printing CDs right oh, now. Oh, snap. Well, check them out online. Fun fact, yeah. All right, Marty. Well, thanks for spending the time with me, buddy. Great to meet you. And yeah, man. Uh, let's, yeah. let's connect in person sometime. Let's do it, man. Let's go to what's Papacitos. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> right down the road from Come me. on, bro. You know what we're about to do. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast. If you didn't do what I told you to do at the beginning, head on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a rating, and a review share it with your friends and enemies i really appreciate when everyone does that thank you again for spending so much time with me and keep your eye out for the next episode of the preachers and sneakers podcast as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.